1: Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast.
2: Let's face it, como están las cosas, we could all use a little boost now and again whether for workout recovery or putting a bit more antioxidant in our body, Snapcrack has a solution with their new IV infusions. Snapcrack offers a selection of 20-minute IV vitamin drips with varying health benefits. From NAD+, which helps with anti-aging, brain function, and stress, to one of those hangovers, because let's face it, dry January was pretty much over by brunch on January 1st. You can even build your own drip with up to three vitamin pushes. And like other Snapcrack offers, you can pay per treatment or take advantage of a $99 monthly membership. Currently offered at the Miami Beach, Coral Gables, and Hialeah locations. But make sure to check Snapcrack.com for the full boost day schedule and location updates. So visit Snapcrack.com today to learn more and find a location nearest you. Because after all, when you feel better, you do better. Hey Ish, do you think we could share with our Pedro Primos our secret weapon to having the energy to record a new episode every single week?
3: Yeah, I think we can let them in on it. It's Bole.
2: What's bole you you're asking? Only our favorite way to combine fresh food and bold flavors in a way that powers us through each episode.
3: Exactly. Every week before we record, we head to Bole and we build a True story. (laughs) It is true. Yeah. We build a customized bowl starting with a base like forbidden black rice or leafy greens, el arroz prohibido. Then we add veggies like ginger broccoli and a protein like some lemon chicken, or if you're vegetarian, some miso glazed tofu.
2: And don't forget, I like to add extra flavor with add ons like creamy garlic and herb sauce or avocado.
3: Honestly, the combinations are pretty much endless, and they've definitely got something for everyone. And that's because Bolé is on a mission to inspire bold living through the power of fresh food. And if there's one thing we are on this show, it's bold.
2: <laughs> so with locations throughout Florida, including their latest brickle location, we know when you visit Bollé.com, you'll find one near
3: you. So start experiencing Bolé today and enjoy fresh food to fuel your life. Hey everyone, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season 5 of Pero Let Me Tell You.
2: I, um, And you know that I can't smell or taste. It's weird because I can't really taste things, but I've had like very specific cravings for certain foods.
3: That's bizarre that you're craving things. Yes.
2: No, yes. Well. so are we recording?
3: We are recording. Well, well, well. Welcome everybody. What, what
2: are where are we? Episode one ninety one. One ninety one.
3: Yes. And-
2: Welcome to. At- Welcome
3: to Pero Let me tell you, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. Now again, this is week two of of Darien testing positive.
2: This is the Corona co- Chronicles.
3: <laughs> it's not the as Corona fun, chronicles. It's not as fun as The Chronicles of Narnia, but it's it's what we got. <laughs> I don't
2: have a wardrobe.
3: No, no, no. do you have a lion? <laughs>
2: I, is it okay? Isn't it great that in Spanish? The word wardrobe, escaparate. What? Escaparate is such a great word.
3: I feel like escaparate, you know what it is immediately. Like, it's just... It's, oh, escaparate. Right, 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 But I'm saying, like, the word kind of sounds like what you're expecting.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like onomatopoeia.
3: Right, right. If that was applicable yes. to furniture. Yes. Yeah.
2: So, so happy Friday everybody okay. Episode 191 here we are yes. As I said another episode of the, the Corona Chronicles yep. um, Yeah Caparate is like cacharro You know
3: Yes that's another one That is such a good one <laughs> a, Isn't it
2: great though how in Spanish You know Okay Un trample Is a very specific type of car
3: <laughs> Yeah it's not a good car
2: what somebody's a conversation. Es que mira, Luisito acaba de llegar de Cuba y él nada más necesita un transportation. Un transportation.
3: Like a Honda Civic will be a transportation.
2: Like a Civic, no bueno, like a 1995 Honda right, Civic. Yes, you yes, mean yes. like like
3: the first ones, yeah. O un, un, un Corollita,
2: ah, un Corolla, you know, yeah, for sure. um un un transportation. Right? <laughs> I think it's so funny that like I don't know if it's just Cubans that do this or this is just a Miami thing, but how they totally like appropriated the word transportation to mean a shitty car, a shitty rent-down car.
3: <laughs> well, you know, we're we're kind of infamous for, for taking words, you know, like what is it, the episode of Kapasi would say, you know, la casina, you know, which is lacquer thinner. You know, ah, uh, si. Chirro, Sheetrock. You know, well,
2: oh, bueno, you know, you know, you know my Chirro story. Yes, we do. Maybe <laughs> I should say it again. Maybe I should say it again. You know, it's been 191 episodes all my life. Like most, you know, people that grew up in, again, either a Cuban or a Latin household, I would always hear the word Chirro. Like when you were going to build something, tu le ponía Chirro. la, pared, la pared eran de right. Me thinking that it was C-H-I-R-O, right. Chirro, Chirro, with an accent right. maybe. Chiro with, maybe, with maybe an too, accent, maybe, maybe two, hours, two hours.
3: two R's. Chiro,
2: right? And and that's just what I thought it was. Chiro. When you build a room or you build a house, the drywall is chiro. Until one day, I was at Home Depot and I see where they had the Chiro. I mean, I was probably in high school, right? And I I you know the 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 the, the, the uh, chiro the uh, Chico, the um, dry panel the um, sheet rock the, the sheet rock Wait, no, the the chiro uh-huh. i see that the strips on the on the side said sheet rock and i'm like sheet rock this is called sheet rock, sheet rock. chiro and it was like i had like you know, when, when, in movies, when, like, the heavens open up and the light comes down, and you're like, ah, like, that type <laughs> of scenario. I was like, oh, my God. Sheet rock is Chirro. <laughs> like, the, mind, mind, blown. The best part, mind blown. The best
3: part of that is I wonder, like, if there ever was a Spanish word for it, quote, unquote, because I feel like everybody's just always said Chirro.
2: Well, yeah.
3: Right? Well, That's... in Cuba,
2: they don't have... Well, Well, in Cuba, they don't have Chiro Porque acuérdate que las casas en Cuba son hechas de placa.
3: That's right. That's right. To, puro concreto. Right? In, in Cuba, there's colonial architecture, and then there's placa. There wasn't any, like, postmodern... No, no, like... no there was no evolution of, of architecture in, in Cuba. No, no. We had colonial,
2: colonial architecture, and then, boom, Placa. I love I love how, like, including my parents, they're like, no, porque las casas en Cuba duran para siempre. Ahí en Cuba venía un huracán y las casas nada, porque eran de placa. And I'm like, yeah, that's why they're so fucking ugly. Because they're <laughs> made of concrete. Like, the roof, the walls, the interior walls. I mean, it's it's like a concrete
3: shoebox. It's like un cajón, is basically what it is.
2: It, it, that's exactly, that. that's another great word, Un cajón. <laughs> Oh my god, Dito, it's so funny. Okay, I don't mind sharing this story, because whatever, it was a long time ago. So listeners, um, okay, again, growing up in a Cuban household, like, you know, there's certain words you just don't need, right, that exist in English, that not only growing up in a Cuban household, but growing up in Miami, right? right? There's certain words that you just don't, they're not part of your, what is it, your lexicon? They're not part of your... They're they're just not, especially if you are from Westchester like, in Miami. It's just they're not. So here I was, 19, I think it was like 1991. I was like 10 years old, and I was at Checkers, Checkers okay. a hamburger place, and I or I'm like I'm seeing it right now, and I'm like, yeah, I'll have a a Cajun burger. Oh, you didn't you didn't never heard, heard of Cajun. <laughs> I'm from Miami, from a Cuban household. Why would I have heard the word Cajun? Like, <laughs> do you think that my parents bought Zatarans growing up? No, we bought Boya.
1: <laughs> <Dad. laughs>
3: <laughs> Is it true? Did you ever?
2: Did your parents buy Zatarans? And your parents are, are more civilized than my parents because your parents came here as kids or teenagers. Mine did it. No, we bought you know Goya, Mahama. We didn't buy Zatarans.
3: We didn't even buy Uncle Ben's, let alone Zatarans. At most you would buy a como Mahatma.
2: Mahama, yeah, that, that
3: was that was,
2: <laughs> so, why would, I, well, why would I know what Cajun food was at 10 years old in Miami? Like, Cajun. coming from a Cuban household, Cajun Burger. <laughs> the, 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 the spiciest we got was sofrito. <laughs> so, so, there was, Hi, I'll have a Cajun Burger. But see, my excuse is that I was like 10 years old when this happened, You right? were a
3: kid, you were a kid, right, right.
2: But, but fast forward, like, 20 years later, I was already in my 30s when a very, 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 very good friend of mine, who shall name, remain nameless, we were at um, at uh, Chico, the, um, the Quiznos. We were at Quiznos. <laughs> and he orders before me, and he's like, I'll have the Muschietti sub. And I'm like, dude, it's
1: mesquite." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> have I told this is a story our listeners will, will will love. Um and we have a few listeners, um one in San Antonio and another listener in Tennessee that uh you know are, are very good friends of mine and we we have this mutual friend in general. <clears throat> but I think our listeners would enjoy this story. So I have a I have a very good friend that he is part Dominican and part um Puerto Rican. So I don't know, there's there's a mishmash of words that he uses, you know, that I just sometimes I'm like, wow, right? So he, him and I worked together for some time and I would heard, I would, okay, I would hear him every day order that sandwich that you have most, a lot of times in the morning, that it's Cuban bread and croquetas, what do you call it?
3: A croqueta preparada?
2: Right, I would hear him order this every day and he would always mispronounce it completely and i never i never
3: you never corrected
2: I him i never corrected him because it was so hilarious <laughs> it was so hilarious that he would say he would say something like and i'm like what are you talking about but i never corrected him i never corrected him until actually one day his wife was like because his wife is Cuban right, right, right. and his wife heard, heard him and he he was like babe what are you talking about <laughs> and that's what i thought i'm like dude i heard you order that every day for like months and i never said a word he's like son of a bitch
3: it brought you a little pleasure in the work day <laughs>
2: yeah yeah but you know he had a muschetti sub and i had a cajon burger like a but you
3: burger, know
2: <laughs> yeah you know listen growing up like i remember like these are, you know, when we talk about really, like, the differences, especially when you were a kid, that you you knew your your family was very different. And especially, you know, we've talked about this before, that, like, even though you and I went to different elementary schools, which geographically were not that far apart, At all. my my elementary school was predominantly white, whereas yours was more mixed. Yeah, yours right? might as
3: well have been, like, in Nebraska.
2: Right. And I remember everybody, you know, like when we would talk about in class about like, oh, what did he have for dinner last night? Oh, we had meatloaf. We had, you know, fried chicken. We had like steak. We had all these things. And I'd be like, what did you have for, for what did your family have for dinner last night? And I'd be like, Yo no so degame baba. Dude, I remember, do you remember the nineties, that thing chicken tonight?
3: <laughs> oh my, not until right now. I had totally forgotten about it.
2: So Chicken Tonight listeners, exactly, were these like kind of um, dressings that you would cook chicken in? Um, similar to like Campbell's cream of mushroom, you know, you right, could cook right. chicken in there. And they, they, they had like were, different were, types were, of one.
3: They were always dry, right? Like were dry rubs? No, no, no.
2: They came, they no, no, they weren't dry rubs. They came in like what looked like a... Like A, a spaghetti dressing. sauce jar. Okay. No, like a spaghetti sauce jar. Oh, okay. Right, they were they they were liquid. Um, and you know they had like chicken cacciatore, whatever that was. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget, we were at the supermarket, and I had to beg my mother to buy that, and she's like, "pero qué, ¿qué qué a eso?" And I'm like, "oh." I'm never, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be stuck eating freaking, like, carne papa and, like,
1: boliche.
2: all this. Boliche. No, my grandmother made some good boliche. Or, like, oh, fricasse de pollo. Actually, I had a conversation this week about fricasse de pollo, and I'm like, yeah, no. Fricasse de po- The Cuban fricasse de pollo compared to the French fricasse de pollo is, like, day and night. So, I'm you know, I was actually. Answers. It makes sense. Yeah, yes. Well, oh, yes, but like our fricasse de pollo is so inferior. And I, and I was actually talking to somebody who's pretty Cuban about it. And yeah, and he was like, he's, no, I was like, no, there's no comparison. So, so yeah, you know, Cajun Burger. So uh,
3: here we are. Cajun Burger.
2: Happy episode, episode 191 people. Seriously. <laughs>
3: All right. So, before we get into the topics, I just want to do a really quick, um, and kind of one of the topics, or just, I just wanted to bring it up, honestly, um, to you. So, uh, over the past weekend, last yeah, last weekend, uh, I went to go see On Your Feet at the Miracle Theater in mm-hmm. the Gables. So, if you're in yes. town, it's running till March, guys, go see it. It's You know, you and I saw it on Broadway. You saw it when the tour came down in the Arsht. It's It's just such a good time. And this was also directed by former guest on the show, Andy Seno Jr. So go check it out. But that mm-hmm. same weekend, that Friday, I actually went to go see a Carlos Santos from Hentified do his stand-up thing at Villain Theater. Oh, from Spanish I From Spanish I Keep Presents. Um, yes. And he was of course like, it's Carlos. Of course <laughs> it's Carlos. He was hilarious. But the reason I bring it up, is because, so we get there and he was the headliner. So there was some, some acts before him. We're outside waiting for them to let us come in, whatever. These two girls start talking to us. And so, okay, they're, you know, like 20 something year old girls, you know, cute girls, whatever. So when it's time to go in, they're like, oh, how many in your party? And I was like, oh, you know, four, you know, whatever. Fine. We can, you know, sit next to us. No big deal. So we go, we, they seat us like in the front row essentially, right? Like in the corner, but the front row. So it's Jose, me, and then the two girls. I very quickly realized the error of my ways because these two girls would not shut up. Now, not only did they not, would they not shut up, but like when the comedians were talking, they would like talk back at them, not in a mean way, but just like I'm part of the act and blah 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 blah. So this kind of went on, and the first three comedians were very like you know played it off, like oh, okay, this and that that that. Do you know that Carlos actually had them kicked out of the theater? Oh wait, were they?
2: Okay, were they loud enough that the comedians, yes. it was affecting their act? Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay, wow.
3: Yes, to the point where Carlos literally at one point was like, hey, so I don't think you're having a good time and I know the rest of the audience isn't, so why don't you leave? And the girl was like, uh, like, are you being for real? Are you being serious? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I think, yeah, I think you should leave. Yeah, were
2: they being like
3: condescending? They just, it's not even that they were being condescending. They were literally just carrying on conversations amongst themselves, pero like a full volume. Oh, oh, yeah, that's not cool. And it turns out because, so after the show was over, you know, I went to the side door, you know, Carlos came out, you know, I said hi. And it turns out though that these, it's a group of four kids. They had been there like two weeks before and done the same thing. And I'm thinking, coño, oye, these tickets weren't $2. Like you paid this money to go sit and, essentially have a conversation <laughs> and not even pay attention. Like, why would mm-hmm. you do that? Like, I just, I, I just, I don't, I, to this day, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm like, I don't understand the mindset of, of someone who goes and does that. Like, Conyo, if you're going to go to a show, you know, you're going to the show to en- enjoy the live performance, right? I mean, I, I just, I can't. Well,
2: care. some people maybe just like, some people just like to like, go to one of these venues to just like drink and hang out and maybe the show for them is kind of secondary, which it shouldn't be. I mean, because but it's
3: a comedy club. if you, you want to do to that, just go to
2: a, right. But, but if you want to do that, just go to a bar. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the, the act should be front and center <laughs> as it should. That's why you're paying to to do that. So that, that, you know, that could be it. And yeah, just the people that are just completely oblivious to their surroundings, that it's all about them. Right yeah. and, and their space and their world and it's like oh yeah we're and, and no and the fact that they were you said they were front row front row
3: like I, like I was telling Jose I'm right. like well no you have they were like in the back of the theater probably would still be annoying but all right whatever and uh, no Carlos had them escorted out Carlos literally wow like, maybe, did they put up a fight they didn't put up a fight but because okay so it was two girls and two guys the guys I guess were not as buzzed and. Mm-hmm. At one point, one of the girls and the guy like went out, and the other two were still there. And at that point, that girl was like, like on her phone. Like, I mean, she was just so not engaged with what was happening ten feet in front of her that, like, literally, Carlos was like, "I, I, I, I no, I, I think you should leave. I think you should leave. I don't think you want to be here. I think you should leave." And and it got very awkward, especially because I'm sitting next to these people. <laughs>
2: Right. And obviously when they left everybody
3: clapped, right? Yeah, they did. So Yeah, yeah. Moral of the story guys, if you go see Carlos Santos uh doing stand up, don't talk. <laughs> don't carry on conversations outside of the realm of laughing and the occasional acknowledgement because he will kick your ass out. <laughs> but I also I just love the, I just love the fact that he felt so empowered to do it too because I've I've never been to a show where the comedian just kind of said, "You know what, bah fuera. You know, dude, don't
2: you remember that time we had a live recording that we kicked somebody out of the bar? Wait, wait, I'm yes. just kidding. I'm
3: like, what? I'm like wait, no, wait, no, was no. I there? But like, and then, well, but yeah, but, but, I was about to say we haven't done a
2: live recording in a while, but yeah, because COVID. <laughs>
3: yeah, there's, there's that whole you know pandemic thing. But like, it, it, I don't know. It just showed it, it's it's kind of cool. Like he just like he felt that empowered, right? Like I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would feel that way. I think I would try to play it off.
2: Well, but I mean, you was also it. the main act, right?
3: Right, right. But I'm saying, like, if you and I right now, to, to your point, like, if we had a, a live recording, right, and and people show up, and I mean, this is different because we don't charge, but if so anybody could just walk it out the street, I don't know that I would, I would just kind of try to be like, yeah, ha, 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 whatever, you know, okay, shut up, bye, go away. I don't know that I would feel
0: Ah,
2: I think it depends because because I think that there, there's one thing with somebody being heckler light, if you will. Um, but there's another thing with somebody interrupting your, in this case, your act or your your flow. And if like we were doing a live recording, like we've done many times in in bars or in different venues, and there was somebody who completely was and and you know when it's somebody responding to what you're talking about and and kind of engaging with you even if the engagement is a little bit you know off but if it's somebody who's like purposely just completely oblivious to their surroundings again and is just interrupting you and interrupting your flow yeah i would probably tell them to either you know put it down Mm -hmm. or like yeah have them i don't know if i would have them escorted out but i would definitely you know (laughs) embarrass them but, and I wouldn't do it maliciously, but I'll be like, if it's like somebody on their phone, like talking on their phone, I'll be like, hi, can you take that call outside? Or like, can you tell that person you'll call them back? You know, yeah. and then they're going to feel like an ass in front of everybody. Yeah. So
3: calling on their shit. Yeah. But that's just, I I, yeah. I, I I really wanted to share that story with you because I was like, as much as I respect Carlos to begin with, I was like, okay. Notched it up for just him. a little bit. Yeah, no. Like, I was like, yeah, Damn, good for boy, him. you go. <laughs> Oye, mi gente, Ish here. Now, you know I can't stop talking about UFIT and the progress I've made on my goals thanks to my personal trainer. Pero, have you heard about the new UFIT? across 80 locations they've got new state of the art equipment deadlift platforms and of course group classes which you know is what i'm most excited about their new hit plus group classes part of ufit's premium plus memberships these high impact intensity training sessions combine strength training and cardio o sea the best of both worlds so you're sweating you're toning you're building muscle i mean de todo and each class has 10 people or less and is led by a certified personal trainer. Así que no te preocupe, there's a hit plus class for every intensity level. So you can find one perfect for you and your goals. Even with all the new, you know it hasn't changed. UFIT is still affordable with gym memberships starting at $10 a month. So visit UFIT.com and get started today with your fitness goals. But please note, amenities do vary by location. At UFIT, you come first.
2: Good for him, so I actually want to bring up uh something we talked about, I believe, two weeks ago. Um, it was the last episode that we uh recorded together before the Corona Chronicles, my Corona Chronicles. Um, <laughs> so we had talked about a couple of weeks ago about um, here in Florida and really around the country, different school boards that are banning books. Oh yeah, right? I gave a last And yeah, yeah you did. And how a lot of these books have to do with LGBTQ issues and a lot of them have to do with things having to do with racism and right. you know, um, black history and things like that. And um, we have an awesome awesome listener in um, in Texas who um, she's one of our favorite listeners and um, she actually she is a teacher and um there was a bit of an exchange between her and I, and I asked her, Hey, you know, I would love to know your thoughts on this because you are a teacher, right? You know, we, we, we always say that like, you know, we have opinions on things, but I, we also don't like to take, you know, people's voice and spaces that are for them to say things. And I, and I think that obviously we can all have an opinion on, on this, but, as a teacher, you have a perspective that we don't. And she actually gave a response and, and I, I just sort of wanted to read it because I thought her response was so eloquently, eloquently put. So, okay. um, and again, this is regarding books being banned in schools. So here's what she said. She said, I have so many thoughts on this whole book ban issue but I will speak about it pertaining to Texas. Currently, there is a list of 850 Jeez books Christ. that are currently on the ban list. That's a lot. The books being targeted deal with racism in Texas, LGBTQ um, issues, history of racism in America, and books with explicit descriptions of sex, um, and YA books. Um, young, sure adult, YA young, young adult books. Young adults. Young, oh, well, there we go. I feel like an ass. <laughs> um, uh, books. I feel certain. I feel certain that books... I feel certain that certain books may not be entirely age-appropriate for certain students, so maybe these type of books need to be in a high school library or college. However, students need to read books that they can enjoy, relate to, or see themselves in. My job and hope as an educator is to share my passion for books and inspire them to fall in love with reading. As an educator, if we aren't teaching our students about past injustices or events that occurred in history, we are bound to repeat them. One of the books? that is on the ban list is called Ground Zero by Alan Gratz. It's been suggested to be banned because it lists the race of every, of, uh, every character and depicts the, soldier, the soldiers as callous, evil, and terrorists. Of course, this is the opinion of the person writing it, wanting it banned. Books are meant to make you feel, think, and change. If they all become banned, what is left? We cannot all think the same. If we continue to do this, we are no better than those who burn books in the Holocaust. Lastly, we are on a slippery slope of other books being banned in our in every in everyday life. Who's to say it will stop the school? So I thought that was very well put because like, you know, she even talks about how there you know, there's certain books that maybe are are
3: an elementary school you kid know, probably you shouldn't be reading.
2: Right, right. That are age appropriate maybe right. when you're older, right. when you're a young adult a, a, a okay. YA <laughs> um, and um, you know, or of a certain age. Right. Um But that censorship is always the wrong way to go about it. Right. There, there's another way that you can maybe protect younger readers of certain topics or curtail certain things, but censorship in this case, banning a book, a certain book is always the wrong way to go. Yeah. So I thought that her, her, um, answer was was very very very, it was very thoughtful and and again from the perspective of a teacher because at the end of the day at the end of the day i mean i have a kid that's in school i mean he's in second grade but especially as, as he gets older what i want for him to receive from his educators are, are thought-provoking questions, you know, mm-hmm. um, whatever they may be. I think that that is what you want your kid to to get from an educator is to think outside the box, to to see things that they didn't see to either, as she said, find yourself in a certain book or in a certain character or see the perspective of someone that is different to you. Mm-hmm. And, and that is so, so, so important. And unfortunately... I, we're, we're we're going away from that. we're again going in little echo chambers and yeah. but I mean and, but,
3: but, but I mean book banning has is nothing new I mean let's it, it, I, I book banning has always been around
2: right I mean you book, you book banning has has always been around but I feel that now it's
3: like it, it's
2: it's gone like
3: but a, I guess my question, other level. My, my question to you and I've had I've had similar <laughs> questions for you in this vein prior. Let me just say, book banning is bad. I don't agree with book banning, but you know it, it's been going on for for decades, right? Do you think it is worse than it used to be, or do you think that because of the day and age we live in, we're hearing about it more than we may have in the past? No, because I think, for instance, I think, because for I, instance, I don't, I don't know that necessarily in the '60s. Right. When I think I mean, Catcher in the Rye has been banned left and right. And I don't know how many how many districts. Right. So I don't necessarily know that in the 60s, if Indiana was banning Catcher in the Rye, that Florida heard about it. Right. So you're
2: saying that this has always been happening, but now we're hearing about it more. I
3: I think so. I think I, I think so. Again, I'm glad we are because we we, we we have the opportunity to do something about it. But I don't know necessarily that it is wor- quote unquote worse than in the past. I, I feel like it's. Well, I mean, I feel like we're, we're I, hearing about it more. Do, am I making sense? I can't answer that
2: question without looking at data. I mean, I don't know what the amount of books that were banned Banned, or were on or being banned 10 years ago 20 years ago 30 years ago on and on what they are compared to today but what i can say is that whether we know about it more today because of either social media or just because it's on the news the reason why these books are being banned right are not legitimate reasons oh they never have been and they are completely political and and not only are they political they are cultural warfare right because for example one of the books that now wants to be banned for a different reason is to kill a mockingbird (laughs) and my son's middle name is Atticus because of to kill a mockingbird right Right. um to kill a mockingbird in the last in, in 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 the last several years A lot of teachers, it's not that it was banned, but a lot of teachers were very cautious on how they taught it in school because the book says the N-word a lot.
3: Right. Similar similar to Huckleberry Finn.
2: It says the N-word a lot, right? And the argument was that if you are a black student in a classroom that is predominantly white... And you're reading To Kill a Mockingbird, which is a wonderful, wonderful book with a just a story that every kid should read, mm-hmm. right? The, the you know, um, it could be very uncomfortable for that kid, and that that's very understandable, right? Um, so the argument for, and I'm giving To Kill a Mockingbird as an example on how. It's a book that's always ruffled some feathers, but the reason now is for a different reason. The reason why they want to ban it now is for a different reason. So I could certainly understand how, again, if you are a black kid, you're one or two black kids in a a class that's predominantly white, you know, even if it's in the context of literature, hearing that word is going to make you very uncomfortable, right? That's, that's That's a very legitimate argument. The reason why certain people want to ban To Kill a Mockingbird now is because of white fragility. Oh, Because, you know, kids shouldn't be made feel guilty. They shouldn't feel bad about this. You know, they shouldn't be ashamed to be white because, you know, because of, of, you know, the the, the issues or the the subjects in To Kill a Mockingbird because you're making kids feel white, bad about being white, you know, white fragility, Mm -hmm. right? So those are two very, very different arguments, you know, regarding the book, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the same goes with these books that, and, and I looked into all of this, into all these books that are on these lists that are LGBT, um, you know, it, it themed mm-hmm. or are on LGBTQ uh, matters, but um, <clears throat> They want to ban like a lot of these books because there may be one scene or one sentence that is sexually suggestive. It's not that the book is or like the main narrative of the book is. Right. It's that one sentence, right? Or one passage may be sexually suggestive. Because it doesn't take a genius to know that if you're writing a book for YA young adults (laughs) that centers around a book on LGBT issues you know and discovering your sexuality discovering that you're gay sex is going to be part of that <laughs> like attraction right. is going to be part of
3: that however it doesn't however, have to ch- be explicit. however chased it may be it, it has right
2: right it doesn't have to be explicit it doesn't even have to contain sex but that is certainly going to be part of that evolution and part of that process so now that's being banned so now this is wrong so the same books that are of like boy girl you know um
3: right subjects where's where's the you know that that
2: the girl the girls lusting over the guy you know the football player blah 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 in high school all those like young Roman what are they called the hollywood
3: series or whatever the sweet valley high
2: yes like all those like young adult teenage like books that have to do with like love and all that right. which a lot of them they are sedu- sexually su- suggestive. again not explicit but sexually suggestive so if we had those same stories but it was gay stories i mean will it be would it, there be outrage yeah there would probably well there is outrage there is outrage. No, would be. there is <laughs> there, there is so you know it's it's people now wanting to make what I love, and this is this is one of the things now that I'm a parent that I can say. You know, when people are like, "Oh, because the children," and I don't want my children. I'm like, "Well, I want my kid reading that." <laughs> like, <laughs>
3: don't speak for all parents, like. <laughs> but I, but I also think you know, there's. I understand from a parenting perspective, and again, I don't have children, but I understand from a parenting perspective, obviously wanting your kid to remain a kid as long as they can, and all that wonderfulness, fantastic. But I also don't understand what seems to be this, I must shield my child from all things at all times. Because then your kid can't function in the world. Like your kid just Whoa, won't be able yeah. to function in the world as in the workplace, in college, in life. And i that's the part that, that, that is just bizarre to me. Where it's just like you've mm-hmm. set up this bubble. That bubble doesn't exist, guys.
2: It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And you know what's so interesting that, and and, you know, the same goes to you because both you and I are are very big readers, right? We love to read. And I mean, I don't even know how many books I've read. My favorite book till this day that I've ever read, and I've read it like four or five times, I read in high school, which was 1984. Same By George Orwell. Great Gatsby. That is my, the, The Great Gatsby, there you go. That is my favorite book of all time and i read that in high school if i and that's a very political book i mean it doesn't get more political than 1984 right
3: yeah it's not about apple (laughs)
2: right (laughs) you know um if i wouldn't have read that book in high school you know because i remember reading that book and and understanding like the politics behind well thinking about the politics right. behind it and the machinations that of what a government can do and all that.
3: Well, it was and was of and, the whole dystopia and, uh, section. Right. Yeah.
2: And, and I, 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 you know, you've known me since I was 10 years old. I've always been a very political person. And I've always wondered, was 1984 like a seed? You know, was that one of those things that like, when I was becoming a young adult and a teenager, that I read it at the right time that it sort of threw me into that lane, right? Maybe if I wouldn't have read nineteen eighty four, I wouldn't have been as political or or else but who knows, you know? Yeah. Um I'm surprised that you know they haven't tried to ban the Great Gatsby either, you know? They have. The Great Gatsby?
3: There are there are some districts for that, what? That that try for
2: what? Like income inequality? Like- <laughs>
3: I don't know the exact reason, but one of the reasons that I do know that that there are it, it has been on banned book lists is because um, books and books here in the Gables, in the outside patio when you when you walk in they have a, a huge double doors and it says we read banned books and then on either side of the door it has like the spines of books and it has the titles of all books that have been either currently or at one point in time banned and great Gatsby was, was one of
2: them. why on earth would the great Gatsby be banned? Like I, I can't think of.
3: I...
0: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine with the weather warming up. It feels easier to get into the rhythm of things, whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
1: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com ACAST. And up to twenty five percent off outdoor. That's up to twenty five percent off outdoor furniture at Burrow.com slash acast.
3: I don't know
2: because the Great Gatsby doesn't really have sex. No,
3: it has extramarital affairs. Right, but it, but but it doesn't have like an explicit <laughs> no, sex no 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 suit no 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 no, book. no no no. It's it, it, <coughs> not not that I can recall. I mean, I've read that book like six times, so. <laughs>
2: I read it a couple of years ago and wrote a paper
3: about it. (laughs) But we won't go there now. I'm giving you my judgy face, and I'm glad you got the grade it got.
2: (laughs) I know, but I had to write from the perspective of a high school person. We will not get into that now. (laughs) Anyway...
3: (laughs) So what what do you have? What what's going on with you? Well, hablando de un poco. I know you were talking about you know housing structures earlier in, in the episode, and uh, well, this week Miami got the dubious distinction. We now have we are the least affordable city. <laughs>
2: Hooray, <laughs> Dale. I
3: mean, were we were we in the running? Is this something we we wanted to be? You know, dude, guys, bro, we bro, we don't have to Bitcoin, be number one in Bitcoin, everything, bro. You know that's the problem is that since I don't have Bitcoin, I can't go out and buy you know these brickle <sighs> penthouses. Ugh. You know, did um, you ever see, did you see the movie? Um, and and I'm a, I'm about to apologize in advance for any of our listeners who live in Burkle. But did you see the movie that came out, I think it was last year, with um with oh my god, this the 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 guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh what's his name? Chris. We have like too many Chrises. Chris um It's not Chris Evans, it's not Chris. Oh, Anna yeah, F Anna Anna, 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 Anna Ex yes.
2: husband, yes. Chris uh I was gonna say Chris Connolly. Wait, who's
3: Chris Connolly from MTV? Is that from MTV? Well, <laughs> oh, <crap, Chris> <laughs> bueno, um, did you see that movie uh-huh. on Amazon Prime that he did where like he they have to travel into the future because there's a war going on, They're yeah, drafting people. Okay, whatever. My favorite part of that movie was the opening scene when they first dropped them into Miami and the aliens arrived oh. and completely obliterated Brickle. I was so happy. Brickle? They
2: completely o- obliterated my apartment at Marina Blue.
3: They ab- No, but I remember specifically seeing parts of Brickle and I was like, you know what? Acaba con todo. I don't care.
2: <laughs> but but the problem... Okay, yeah, but the, the, the problem... And I actually was going to bring this up... Um, the problem is not Brickell or even it's downtown. The, it's the because, people who
3: congregate in Brickell.
2: No, that's not the problem. That's not the problem because no, no. Because <laughs> I live there and I and I know that area well, and and I've I've been, I haven't been a real estate agent, but I've been in the real estate.
3: You're the only person. Realm. in
2: Miami. Um Right. Um, the I least. mean, I think that real estate agents and people in real estate have. Uh,
3: have part of
2: the blame, because actually there's also, was it Forbes? There was a major publication that last week that found that real estate agents, and no disrespect to any listener who's a real estate agent, but they found that real estate agents in South Florida, um, they found, which this was like, duh, um, that they 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 have issues properly representing clients, that it's mostly... That it's all about commission and about them making money. So, in other words, that they found that real they found that realtors in Miami, their main goal is to get a closing and to you know make what they, the money they need to make, right. then actually represent the buyer or the seller. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that when you're a realtor and you have a buyer or seller, you have a fiduciary duty with that with the buyer or the seller. And what right?
3: does fiduciary um, duty mean? for 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 a, a
2: fiduciary duty is that is that you in the context of a realtor you have a duty to make sure that whatever it is that they want either buyer or seller that you put their interest a lot of times having to do with money front in in the front like that is your it's part of it, it's part of your job to protect their interests mm-hmm. it's part of their job to maximize their interest or in this case maximize their earnings or their their um their profits, whatever it may be, okay. but the client, in other words, and their interest comes before yours, right? And that's what happens a lot of times with people here. And I've worked in the real estate it, yeah. business before, and 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 that's something that I would see that people were like always in a rush to close and get the commission. And I'd be like, but there's all these issues still left with the buyer and the seller, like. You know, and, and and that can be a problem. But back to what you were saying, um, I you know we've sort of been dabbling on this for for quite some time. I mm-hmm. I have said the story of somebody you know that we know in Hialeah that last year uh, we were trying to find a an efficiency for him, yeah, and the efficiencies that we were looking for in Hialeah were like a thousand dollars well, for inefficiency okay,
3: but in all fairness you were looking for an efficiency in miami's brooklyn
2: that is true that you know, is true i mean i that mean,
3: mean te manda? you know you went to miami's brooklyn and that is true there. you know uh, <laughs> the look
2: real estate the real estate market fluctuates and that's that's fine and i'm not against development i am not against them building new things even if it's luxury high-rises i mean i lived in one that was my dream to live in one and you know we 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 got use of that pool of that infinity pool in the sky um and you know if you're able to afford it great but but i think that where civic responsibility comes in on both on both the professionals in real estate but most importantly in City or county government is that there has to be a balance of construction projects. So if you're going to build the high rises in downtown or in Hialeah or wherever you're developing, you also have to make sure that there is a proportionate amount of low income housing being built. Right and and rent control is also something that we have to start exploring here because Miami and South Florida is one of the areas in the country where people make the least.
3: It's true, right?
2: I've people said it here before, do not have. I, money.
3: I had to leave to go to New York to be able to. Then when I came back, I was able to make a good living,
2: more money. You know, right? Because now you're coming from with New York experience, right?
3: And New York salaries, right?
2: Right. So. You know, that, that is where like the more civic and government part of it comes in that you need safeguards in order to protect residents. Mira, in Miami Beach now,
3: we're not even talking about like homeless or, you know, veterans. No, we're we're talking talking about average two income household, you know, being able to just have a place to live.
2: We're talking about, yeah, even people that have like, good incomes. Mira, they they in Miami Beach they passed an ordinance now where if your the rent increase is going to be more than five percent, they have to give a 60 day notice. Right? Yeah. Because otherwise your lease is up, they landlord oh yeah renta a dollars, and you gotta find a place now in a matter of weeks. Right. And now you're looking in a saturated market where it's hard to find a place to begin with and then somewhere in your budget. And don't forget that when you are moving, especially when you're renting, you have to give first month, last month, and a security deposit. Yep. So when you're already talking about a high rent, you're talking about six, seven thousand dollars that you have to give up front.
3: Yeah. Just just that's a lot of in. money. Just to move in
2: just to move just to move in and it, it's a really big problem it, it's a really big problem and people you know everybody everybody's being greedy uh, because there's money to be made. It's real estate. Everybody's being greedy. And but the problem any, with that is... There's
3: only so much money to be made. That's my thing is you can ask whatever you want for a property. You can ask whatever you want for rent. And I know people are saying like, oh, because it's all these people coming from LA and New York and this and that. Okay, great to an extent. But it's not like this, It's not like New York is being left a ghost town. You know what I mean? Like
2: No, but, no, but, there, are, but there are a lot of people coming. To, to 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 South Florida. And the problem with the market fluctuations in real estate is that it takes, all that it takes is one house. That's all that it takes to completely change the market. If your neighbor says, I'm going to sell my house for $700,000.
3: And somebody pays it.
2: Right? <laughs> and somebody pays it. That's it. Now Guess that's the going
3: rate. That's the going rate now, yeah.
2: That is that is the comparable. Yeah. So when your neighbor 3 doors down sells their house, right? And their realtor looks at the comparables, what price do you think they're going to quote? Yeah. They're going to quote the house that sold last at 700 grand. So you just made the, the um the whole pricing scheme of that area go up. So all it takes is a couple of houses to completely change the market, and that's a that's that's a very sensitive and delicate balance, and and it, it's it's a really really big issue. Um, I my heart goes out to people that like have not been able to buy a house or people that are renting because it's you know you are in a in a very tough spot you know and and not to make it sound more dramatic if you have kids, you know, um, but if you do have kids moving now also becomes an issue with schools. Like, are, are you going to move with this, you know, are they going to have to switch schools? Are you going to move to another part of town? It's you know, it's like, things. it's, it's a plethora of different things that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's terrible. I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrible because especially since Miami is still, um, a community, and economy that is so service-based.
3: Yeah, very tourist-based, yeah.
2: Tourist-based, which in essence is a service mm-hmm, industry. Mm-hmm. These are jobs that are not, you know, they're not Bitcoin bros.
3: <laughs> right. Yeah, historically, most servers are not raking in 100 grand a year.
2: <laughs> right, so these are the people that are being affected the most. And what, what sort of breaks my heart and this is something that we talked about i think last week or the week before is that you know there were certain areas of miami that were sort of bastions of yeah, like
3: little havens
2: little havens of like working class people Hialeah was one of them yeah, you know Sweetwater. um was one of them little haiti you know little haiti is getting gentrified a mile a minute right yep. and who's the one benefiting from that. It's not the people that live there, it's the developers and all the people that are investing there, right? And and especially a community like Little Haiti, that these people have been there for generations, like you know, for a hundred years, like you live in that in La Casa de la Bisabuela. <laughs> yeah, <And laughs> la all of
3: a you gotta you know pack it up and, and
2: make- now you know you're being sort of pushed out of there. It, it's it's a really big problem. It's it's a, it's a really you, big problem.
3: Not, I mean, obviously, coral Gables is not Little Haiti, but did you hear about the guy? You you've seen the big project that they're doing, I. E. in that looks like they're they're building the, the the behemoth. The behemoth, right? Yeah. So, do you know that so, the house, uh, the little house, the little the guy? Yeah, the guy
2: yeah. Re- that guy's my hero.
3: refuses to leave his house.
2: That guy's my hero. Yeah, yeah. So the story with that is so. <clears throat> what Ish is she's talking about, listeners? Is that in Coral Gables? So Coral Gables, for those of you who are not familiar with Miami, is an old part of Miami. It's it's pretty affluent, um, but Coral Gables is it was. I don't know if you know this, but when Miami was being set up, different different villages and different areas were given a different theme. So Coral Gables was given a Spanish theme. Yeah. Uh, parts of uh, Miami Beach were given a Venetian theme. And like Opalaka was given a Marouche theme with like uh, Moroccan architecture Which and all that.
3: why there's some random-ass Moroccan architecture in Opalaka. Like, <laughs> Yeah,
2: and, and, and the main street of Opalaka is called Alibaba Way.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Carl Gables is very, like, it has, like, the Spanish colonial architecture, um, the main strip, Miracle Mile, they call it. It's filled with, like, shops and all that. And they
3: tend and to be very, very big on historical preservation.
2: Preservation. And also, there's, like, a major height limit. Like, yeah, buildings yeah. can't be... You know, it's it's a zoning nightmare. Like, too, like if you have a house in Coral there.
3: Gables, you have to like apply. You can only do certain colors to your house. I mean, there's a whole yes. It, it's yes, all the, yeah. the
2: city of Coral Gables is one big HOA. Oh, I know. Yeah. Go so, Gables. so off of you know off of Ponce de Leon, which is again one of the main thoroughfares in Coral Gables, they're building this behemoth of like it's mixed retail. Um a office space and apartments. Now, granted, it is beautiful. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate the fact that it, it is beautiful and it goes with the, the Spanish theme and all that. But it's it's enormous, and a lot of people. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people actually objected to that ever yeah. being built. Um, but anyway, so to build that, they did. It was an eminent domain case. Actually, I lie. It was not an eminent no, domain case. The developer bought out everybody mm-hmm. because that was all residential. And there was this one guy, this one man that refused to sell his house. And they offered him like $3 million for the house. And when I talk about the house, it's a regular single-family house. Una de las casitas
3: originales de... de, In a regular
2: lot. And he said that he is not building, he's not selling it, because his parents came from Cuba in 1989. And they saved every cent they had to buy that house. And his parents have passed... And he is not going to sell the house. It pretty much looks like the house is up. Like that they built the entire development around the house. Because he did not give in. And uh, you know what I say? I think that because that development is still under construction. So to access his house, you have to go through the construction zone. (laughs) But eventually when they finish it. You know, it, be fine. the street will be open. I think that they should totally put a ton of balloons in front of that on top of the house. Like totally. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Good for him. I love it. Good him. for him. I love him. it. Good for him for giving the finger to like all these people and being like, no, this is my house. And now, you know, you're not, I'm not going to leave.
3: And now you're going to have to figure out how to redo your entire.
2: <laughs> yes, because they had already done the plans. Oh yeah, de- yeah. Like demolishing his house. So, so what an inconvenience. It's <laughs> Like good man. Like give give a finger to the establishment.
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I freaking love that guy. I, w- I wish I remembered his name, but I. Yeah. I
2: hope because the house is falling in a bit of disrepair. Yeah, I really hope that when they finish construction there, like different people in the community, like landscapers, handyman, painters, whatever. Mm-hmm go and donate their time to help him put, like, the house back together, right. you know? Um, that being, you know, the house has been completely surrounded by a major <laughs> construction zone for, like, four or five years, I so... I know, good I know, the drilling. Oh.
3: Uh, if we were to go help him, I'd have to take a Claritin.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take, like, put ten air purifiers in yes. the house. <laughs> i remember the first time i ever saw an air purifier was at my brother's house that they bought an ionic air purifier from the sharper image and i remember i remember legitimately asking my sister-in-law what does ionic mean and she didn't know until this day i don't really know what ionic means (laughs) i think it has to do something with like the negative and positive i don't know what sure
3: I'm going to agree with you because I have no flipping clue what ionic (laughs) means. But I know that all of those air purifiers are all ionic. There's never one that's non-ionic.
2: They're ionic.
3: So apparently it's not something you can be allergic to.
2: (laughs) I guess not.
3: (laughs) It's not like gluten-free.
2: Gluten-free. I'm still not 100% sure what gluten is. I know what it is, but I don't know what it is. No.
3: Does a, it really matter? It's not a real thing.
2: <laughs> you know, I have to say, gluten free didn't happen. Do you remember when gluten free came out? Like, we're talking about, like, if this was, like, a movie. Remember when gluten free was all the rage and, it, like, from literally one week to the next, everybody decided to be gluten free?
3: Okay, wait. Was, did gluten free happen? This was around
2: 2009.
3: Okay, so it happened way after Olestra. Okay.
2: Oh, my God, Olestra. <laughs> i haven't that's the one that made you shit right yes
3: i haven't thought about that for years yes the uh the warning was literally may cause anal seepage
2: that's what it said yes anal seepage yes so in other words don't wear with white underwear
3: no if you're if you're a santero don't have those chips with olestra oh oh my god yes so what was it like a type of fat it was like an oil substitute that was suppo- I think it was supposed to be healthier. I think that was like the whole because I only remember it being with chips. I remember like <laughs> all like for some reason all the chips were being made with olestra. With olestra, yeah.
2: And I think that's it
3: was healthier, uh, supposedly. That's like
2: I'll I, I'll never forget. But, you know, I was like college age, so it didn't really matter, right? <laughs> Do you remember the Snackwells stuff?
3: I, I used to like their cookies,
2: Dirt Devils food yes! cookies.
3: They were so good. Okay, that I'm like,
2: oh, they have no fat. Yeah, but each cookie has like 400 calories. <laughs> God knows how much sugar and carbohydrates, but they have no fat. No so food. I would like, I would literally buy a box. I'm like, oh, well,
3: this is all fat free. Like, <laughs> but again, we were like 19. So I was like 1920.
2: Know, <laughs> so you know, it didn't really matter. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> bring on the fat. <laughs>
2: yeah. Good. I would roll around McDonald's and be like, yeah, I'll have four bur- four double cheeseburgers. And, you know, like, I'd think about it twice. Like,
3: <laughs> 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 You know, I miss the lo- buffet Chino. I haven't been to one, you know, in two I years. Don't. I don't. Well, because we've established you don't do good at buffets in general.
2: I don't do good at buffets. I don't do good at Chinese buffets because I'm not a fan of Chinese takeout. I love Chinese food, like real Chinese hmm. food, but I'm not a fan of Chinese takeout. Um, and I, oh, so listeners, there was a buffet here in sort of our it neighborhood la, it, or it vicinity. 40, yes, yes it, clo- it closed. So I could name, I could say my name. It was called King Buffet, and it was a Chinese buffet. We
0: like and we went
2: there a lot. And and. and I would get super grossed out because they would have, you know, the the buffet line with like your typical Chinese fare. And then they would have like an island with like the desserts. Uh-huh. But for some reason, I just, they didn't know where to put it in the island with the desserts, right? With like the little cakes and the jello and the pudding and all that, they ha- would have like a huge fish. You know, like when the, <laughs> the huge fish that's fried, that <laughs> then you go and take a piece of el, the fried el, fish, el pango. <laughs> yes. And then I started with the fried eye, you know. And I'm like, oh, I came here for chocolate cake, but I have to look at a fucking fried fish looking at me, like, yeah, it but, was so gross. But in all fairness,
3: in all fairness, the postres and the lo, buffet chino are never really that great. <laughs>
2: Is anything ever that great? Animal no. Pre-tino. Okay. No. No.
3: No. But- you, know, you know. You know.
2: what? You know. Actually, the only thing in a, in a Chinese buffet. But, that but you I know what I mean. Have- the dessert.
3: The dessert at a Chinese buffet is like the desserts at IKEA. It tastes I like have a- dessert. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. Like the only good thing are the macaroon.
2: But no. 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 Now that you said IKEA, well, I've told you this. To me, the desserts in Ikea don't taste like anything. And the funny thing is that every time I go to Ikea, so listeners, I go to Ikea for furniture and meatballs. This is a well known fact. What else do you need? I mean, I'm going to go buy my Billy bookcase, <laughs> but before I do,
3: I'm having linen
2: berries. <laughs> I'm having linen berries with my meatballs. Dude, you know that I bought the meatballs in Ikea by packs and made them at home.
3: Oh, really? I did. Oh,
2: my God. One time, one time I bought them. I bought them. I bought everything. I bought the, the meatball, the lindenberry sauce, the gravy. You can buy it all.
0: Right.
2: And I think it was my parents that came over. <laughs> my dad was like, ay, estas son las más ricas que yo he comido en mi vida. And the truth was that I didn't do anything different to them. Because you know that I love to cook. And a lot of times, even when I buy pre-made food, I Sandra lee it. <laughs> like yeah, I, yeah. I I upgrade it Like I'll make a sauce Or like Add something to it Pero no but Aquí tú, tú
3: descongelaste just... y, y pa'lante <laughs> My dad is like
2: Ay Pero que ambo Bigamai He sees that I'm like They're Swedish <laughs> But you know, the desserts at IKEA don't taste like anything. The chocolate cake tastes exactly like the chocolate strudel. That's what I'm I mean. sorry, the cho- the apple the apple the apple
3: uh-huh. chocolate I mean.
2: cake tastes exactly like the apple strudel. That's, That's what I
3: mean. mean. It tastes like the concept of dessert.
2: Yes. And that little vanilla little sauce they put over it, that doesn't taste like anything. No. It might as well be water. <laughs> It might just be what I'm going through now that I lost my sense of smell and taste because of COVID.
3: So, Mina, you could just go and have some IKEA desserts. You wouldn't, you right. wouldn't be missing be anything.
2: Like, yeah. and be like, oh, this tastes like on a Wednesday, on a regular Wednesday.
3: <laughs>
2: so... <laughs> oh, <Leo. laughs> Good things come from Sweden. It's true. Volvo's, yes. IKEA, su- uh, ABBA.
3: Yes, the Swedish chef. <laughs> Swedish meatballs. Absolutely. A smorgasbord? A smorgasbord. Ace a base. Ace a base.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I used to call them? Ace of Yes. <laughs> I don't know why, anyway. It's this soda
3: time. I think it is, because once we've gone to the Chinese buffet, it's time to have a little, you know, it's a little salty. So it's like <laughs> Your <we're- laughs> sodium intake
2: is, like, through the roof, man. Yes,
3: you need a soda, poqueta.
2: Yeah. Salau. So... <laughs> Uh-huh. So, you're ready?
3: I am. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Yes, I am
2: going to go first. All right. Well. I have a lot to say. Oh, Lord. I'm giving a flat soda this week. Okay. So, I'm giving my flax soda to the IOC, the International Olympic Committee.
3: Okay. Great. Because I wanted we to talked. bring... I wanted to. Br- I think we, I know we were going with this, and I wanted to bring it up, but I'm glad you did.
2: Uh, oh, about the Olympics? Yes. Was that going to be your last soda?
3: No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't. But go ahead. Okay. So... As many of you know, I'm an Olympophile, if you will. It's a word. We made it up. Um,
2: I, I made it up. I'm a big, big, big fan of the Olympics. I always have been. I collect memorabilia. I have a bunch of stuff. And um, I have had my very big concerns about the Olympics being in, in China and in Beijing. Um, we talked about that, I think, last week or two weeks ago, whatever. Um, and um, this week although well, this is not specific to Beijing, this week there was an issue where a Russian skater by the name of uh, Kamila uh, Balieva, uh, she tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug, right? And so what happened was wh- she tested positive, okay? And the IOC kind of was like, oh, we're not going to deal with this. We're going to send it to the court of arbitration. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the court of arbitration said, oh, oh, she's 15 and not letting her compete will completely ruin her life.
3: What right? is she, a rapist lacrosse player?
2: Right, right. It will completely ruin her life. So mm-hmm. it will greatly prejudice her. I think that was the term they used. Mm-hmm. And as such, because she's 15, we're going to let her compete.
3: I think now, they also. Do I think, you know? What, hold on. I think they also. Maybe one of the things that they also said was because I know it's a performance enhancing drug, but it's also a drug that is used for. Well, but did you hear purposes, the? No? Did no. Right, but did
2: you hear the excuse she gave?
3: Oh no no no! I didn't. I.
2: Okay, so the the drug that she took is also a heart medication, right? But right. it is a performance enhancing drug that has been on the banned list for decades because people have used it as a PED, although. It is also used is a legitimate use. for heart medication. She said that her grandfather was taking that medication and she accidentally took it.
3: Oh, wow. So bullshit.
2: Now, here's the thing. It's not a personal attack on her because she's only 15. Wait,
3: how do you accidentally take medication?
2: I don't know. Right? But it's not a personal attack on her because she's only 15. And you know how that story goes. She has a team of people around her that are doing this to her and are telling her take this and giving her this to take. We've all so heard this-
3: the US gymnastics team stories. Like I mean this is right. no so difference. so so this is not a personal
2: attack with her. But she's Russian and for those of you who don't know, the Russians in the Olympics in Beijing and the Olympics in Tokyo in twenty 2020, twenty but twenty twenty one were not Uh, participating under the Russian flag. They were participating under what's called the ROC, which is the Russian Olympic Committee. What's the difference? It doesn't really matter. But the reason why they're not competing under the um, Russian flag, for the listeners who don't know, is because in 2014, when the Winter Olympics were in Sochi, Russia, it was found that there was a systematic and very sophisticated doping uh, doping, um, program program with russian athletes that they were all doping and all taking performance enhancing drugs and the ioc as a sanction told them hey um you can't compete with the russian flag so instead you're going to compete compete under the russian olympic committee what's the difference like right. what is the difference right so they didn't even get a slap on the wrist so she's coming from unfortunately a, a, I don't want to say country because that makes it sound like all Russians aren't in this, but she's coming from a system, a, a, a system that their athletes, especially on at an Olympic level, have a long and documented history of doping and drug use with performance-enhancing drugs. So, so they let her compete. Now, what... And, and everybody in the skating community internationally has been very, yeah. very against this. Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir, which you know are are like the kind of voices—well, they literally are the voices <laughs> of the U.S. Olympic uh, skating figure skating—were very, very vocal yeah. about how they are totally against them uh, agreeing to um,
3: look, the so look the other way to let her participate.
2: And 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 then what came up this week that people started to get upset was they compared this story with the story of Shakari Richardson. Yep. Do you know her story? Yes, I do. Right. So, For the- listeners who don't know, Shakari Richardson was the the, the girl um, who she broke, I think, a record in, in running
3: and sprinting. She's like the fastest since Flojo or something like that?
2: Yes. And she would have made the Olympic, the US Olympic team, and she was even favored to win in Tokyo. This would have been in the Tokyo Summer Olympics last year. And the US Olympic team did not let her go to Tokyo because she tested positive for marijuana, which is not a performance enhancing. I was drug. gonna say,
3: have you met anybody who's been on pot? The fact that she was the fact that she was that is an Olympian. Pot, the fact that she was taking pot and was still able to like break records. Have you met the average pothead? They can't make yes. it to the couch. Well, she even said that she,
2: you know, somebody at her caliber, yeah, yeah, she's not a pothead, you know. But she said that her, I think, her grandmother or her mother was sick or had died, and you know, she whatever. It doesn't matter, you know. It right. it, it it shouldn't matter, but she was not allowed to go because obviously. Although marijuana is not a ban- it's not a performance-enhancing drug. Right. It is a banned substance, right. so she wasn't allowed to go. So, the the technicalities of of the what happened in her case versus with the Russian girl were different because it was the American, the U.S. Olympic team, the U.S. Olympic organization that that made the call so it didn't even get to a court of arbitration but this girl went to the court of arbitration so you you know it's 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 not a double standard because it was two different avenues of litigation or or supervision that banned or didn't ban the athlete but it's just in the grand scheme of things optic in terms of optics it's very bad it's very very bad and and you know it, these are the type of things that makes people lose interest in the olympics and and it's a shame because I still believe that um, despite, you know, the politics, if you will, of the Olympics and, uh, you know, a lot of times the burden of the host city and all that, I still believe in, in sport. And I still believe that sport at that level brings out the best in humanity. And um, it, it's, it's it's a shame because from a PR perspective, they're not doing very good right now. So my, la- my flat soda goes mm. to... Uh, the
3: IOC. <laughs> yeah, and I think what's even worse about it is, you know, under normal circumstances, one would even say, well, you know what? Maybe the skating community should boycott the next winter olympic. You know, I mean, again, like you you would say like, well, maybe we could do this, but then it's these these are mostly like uh, like this like this, you know, athlete, she's 15. These are kids who've been training their whole lives for this, you know? And so for them to have to take that stand, it's not fair to them. Right. Like right. for them to say, I'm not going to go based on principle. I would respect the the fuck out of them. But it's not fair that they, you know, yeah. that they have to sacrifice their training because, you know, Bente Come does in a conference room somewhere, you right. know, don't want to upset, you know, Putin on a horse or whatever the fuck it is. Right. And, and I
2: feel bad for her because I'm sure that she probably she was just doing what she was told. But you know, as Billie Jean says, fair is fair. Yes. And if she took a PED, she should not be able to compete at all. At all. Right? So,
3: yeah. <sighs> well,
2: moving right along. Moving
3: right along. Well, my soda is a, is a little more frivolous. Um it's actually it's a positive soda. So, you know, if there's a one positive soda,
2: is it, it, that what we're calling it well, now? Well,
3: it's 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 not a gasless soda. It's a bubbly soda, I guess. It's a bubbly soda. bubbly soda, fizzy soda. Like Michael Bublé. Like <laughs> Exactly, like Michael Buble. So if there's one thing that us Latinos love, it's el chisme. And really? Just a little bit. And, you know, many, many times we have always relied on la vieja chismosa de barrio to give us all of our gossip and to find out, you know, what's going on in, a, in esta casa y esa es la querida de fulano and this, that, and the other, uh-huh. right? Well, now, not to, that, not to that level, but there is an app. And I have it. It's called... I guess. It's called... Uh-huh. It's the next door app. It's a legitimate okay. app. It's a legitimate app. But so people like go on it, you know, many times they'll go on it and they'll say, lost dog found, whose dog is this? Uh-huh. Or, you know, um, oh, the new restaurant just opened up down the street. But
2: it's turned into Timo
3: because What it's turned into is great because a lot of times now with all the ring cams and everything, people will post and be like this person was on my front lawn yesterday. Does anybody know who they are? They, they were walking back and forth and it's like, oh, I saw this happen and blah, blah, They took my Amazon package. Yes. So it's great because I I get all the notifications and I'm always looking at it and I'm always like, ay, pero robaron en la casa de, hace dos cuadras aquí, you know? <laughs> que
2: pena. If you were to see somebody, you know, robbing <laughs> right? somebody's Amazon package, like, <laughs> oh my God, que pena.
3: So, you know, it's just a short and sweet. It's silly, but it, it brightens my day. And then when, it, especially there are times where people start getting into arguments with each other.
2: It, 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 this is sort of reminding me of that Instagram page that we we love, um, Overheard of Miami.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> parecido, parecido. Except this is actual firsthand accounts. And, you know, there, okay. there was even this one thread about how. No sé qué restaurante wasn't as good as it used to be, and that's why I don't tip anymore. But then this other person said, well, that's not the fault of the server. And then this other person said, no, but if you don't want – it turned into this whole like,
2: like – Right. So in other words, it's turning into like what social media is, that nobody can just say something because everybody else will tell you something else.
3: Right, but since it's, since it takes into account – like because when you, when you first uh, sign up, you – put your zip code so it takes into account your area so it's a little more like shit you actually kind of care about but not really because it's all like gossipy so it's wonderful next door check it out
2: i'm sure that next door in hialeah is like on another level oh that must be fun that must be See, I've told you that, like, with that grant that I'm working with, that federal grant uh, of COVID, um, like, eh, sometimes when I go to certain places and I speak to certain people, the Legiri, the Barrio, the Apartamento, una está vacunada, no, también, la de tres, <laughs> también, la de cuatro no está vacunada, porque ellos vinieron de Cuba y estaban parrandeando y no se vacunó. And I'm like, I didn't ask none of this. Like, why are but she made
3: your day a little easier. Why are you telling me all of this? I did not ask.
2: <laughs> oh, that's great. I have to tell you, these like these ring cams. Like I have, I have mixed feelings about the ring cams because the thing with the ring cam is that <coughs> obviously, from a security and, and uh, yeah, from a security standpoint, it's great because you could see who's in your front porch and all that but now it's like also another layer of laziness because now it's right. like people don't go to open their door they'll be wherever and they'll be like que and it's like <clears throat> now people can't even be bothered to like look at the people in their door like i'm telling you we are
3: gonna end up like all the people on Wally. No, I don't want that to be the case. <laughs> no, I always say that. I'm always like, David, we're, we're we're I don't want I don't wanna be that round.
2: Yeah. Isn't Wally underappreciated? I love him.
3: Wally like Ugh.
2: I love Wally. And it, it's so interesting that movie barely has dialogue.
3: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, it really doesn't. It really like, doesn't. <laughs> It's just one long ass silent film. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. We're gonna all end up like Wally. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. I go to the gym too much to end up like with people Wally.
2: You wouldn't even know it.
3: Oh, that's the sad part. That's the sad part. Because you know that's how it happens. It's like, oh I gained two pounds. Oh I gained two yeah. pounds. Yeah, but well two plus two plus two plus two plus two, plus two is fifty, you know? Yeah. And that's
2: how you end up in a size forty five.
3: Oh, no. And that's how I wind up having a show on TLC.
2: Yeah. <laughs> my 600-pound life. You know you got me into that show. <laughs> so, anyway, bueno. That was that was an interesting one. Hopefully, next week, we can do this in person again.
3: Well, next week, we're going to have to do it in person. Actually, next week, I'm very excited because you and I are going to hit a lot of the Sobe Wine and Food Festival. Events,
2: I, so- better, I better have my full taste back next week oh, because yeah. I'm going to tell you, we're doing the burger bash, right? Yeah, yes, we are. And- okay. I have not had, I have not had like red meat in like two and a half months. I haven't. I, I've, I, I, on myself, I've cut it out of my diet. Um, but I am going to that day make, you know, Seth proud and I am going to have burgers. Um, so do it. Watch me have a one, one like a bite or two of a burger and be like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah.
3: Knowing you, I would not be surprised. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's funny because I can eat. I'm not petite. No. But when I, when I see a lot of food around me, I'm like, oh, I'm full. I had an olive. I'm full.
3: Como que tú te llenas por los ojos. Yeah. I do. I'm like, oh,
2: I can not anyway. So, well, everybody, that was episode one ninety one. Hopefully, the Corona Chronicles are over.
0: Yes, yes. After this week,
2: we hope everybody listened, laughed, and learned. And as remember, grab your pastelito, your croqueta, your cafecito, and have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, Thank you. If you made, if you've made it this far. Thank you for joining us, despite our audio sounding crunchy.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but but you know we love you, and we, we do. We, we listen. We gotta get the episode out. That's all that matters. Yes,
2: yes. So anyway, have a great weekend, everybody. All right, bye,
3: bye. Pero Let me tell you, is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano. Produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, but Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michelangelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes.
1: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues